Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. We are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And we tell you all the time, too, to keep up with us here on good things is to join us over on the Good Things Facebook group, where we work hard to post some of the best headlines uh, of our state and the people in it. And so I thought I'd catch you up on at least a few that you may have missed that I've posted there recently. You may have saw this past Sunday, we had a Brandon family win $25,000 for charity on Celebrity Family Feud. Family Feud is one of the few game shows that if I ever got the opportunity to be on, I would I would not hesitate. I think it would be a lot of fun. I would still be terrible at it, but I love how the whole thing's sort of set up, and you still have kind of a chance to get something right. Yes, it tests your intelligence, but it also sort of is just, you know, on a whim. You don't have to have, like, major trivia in your head to sort of get it. It's how plugged in you are to the the population as a whole. Right. And I think I I would fare better at that. Then I would at obviously like the wall where they ask a lot of trivia questions or some of the other game shows out there. And we've had several Mississippi families go to Family Feud, have their time with Steve Harvey and um, and come away a winner. But this was Celebrity Family Feud. So if you're wondering how that ties into a, um, a Mississippi family, a Brandon family, as I mentioned, walked away. Um, but it was featured on last uh, Sunday's episode, but it was a comedian, Saturday Night Live comedian and star Chris Red was part of this particular family. So you had Chris, you had uh, Margaret, who's from Kosciuszko, a native, her husband Melvin, who was raised in Brandon, uh, a part of the team. And so they ended up um, donating their 25000 to 100 black men of Chicago, which is where most of the family is located um, at this moment. But they've got some Mississippi roots, which I think is, is pretty cool. Another headline that you may have missed, and I'm a little late on this one, but Good Morning America was back um, in the Delta, continuing their Mississippi Strong series with uh, DeMarco Morgan. He joined the broadcast live in Rolling Fork not too long ago, and they highlighted another business owner who's doing their best to try to bounce back after the tornadoes, and Miss Melinda Washington is the store owner of EJ's Cafe, and I was like, oh, I love that, EJ. She has her own cafe. Not really, not named after my child. Um, 
but it was destroyed, obviously, by the tornado. And um, she is doing her best to get back and do the things that she uh, was doing prior. And she actually received a gift of a carnival food truck from strangers and those that had come to help and with the storm efforts. And she has been just putting one foot in front of the other, trying to get her brick and mortar back up and running. And they gifted her a $5,000 donation from the heart of Main Street, a plus LG Electronics donated new appliances for her shop when she rebuilds it. So, you know, still keeping them in our thoughts and prayers and our efforts for to help them rebuild any way that we can and shining a light on still all the work that needs to be done and is still being done there um, in Rolling Fork. So it's good to see that there's still some national uh, spotlight on, on that community there. All right. Nobody would deny that the prices of food, especially at the grocery store, has rose. In fact, it makes you like, Every time you check out, the things that you normally buy feels like now it's double, triple, whatever you want to call it. But then there's sometimes you just splurge on foods that you just really like for either a particular name brand or something special. I don't know what your upper limit to a good meal would be, but what is the most you've ever spent on like a single food item or maybe not dollar amount, what is the food item that maybe you have spent the most on to get either higher quality or a bougie name brand, something like that? I recognize you may not know the dollar amount, but is there something like you would buy and then use at home, not like you would go out for a meal? I get it, steak, sushi, kind of all of that. You pay extra for quality out. I'm more of asking what would you pay extra for quality at? home and it would be a splurge and not like all the time right what would it be for you oh well the first thing that came to mind is something i just recently did with the wedge salad kick that i've been on because you go to like a steakhouse and you go to wedge salad the steakhouse they've they've got a economy of scale they they're not just buying bacon bits for making a wedge salad they're not just buying salad toppings just for your salad whereas I bought a whole head of lettuce, a big bag of bacon bits, a, a bottle of blue cheese, the fancy Mediterranean salad topper, the toppings stuff, cherry tomatoes. Like I, I've spent like twenty twenty five bucks on a, on, a, on a craving of a wedge salad, and now I've got two more. I had one last night, so I've had two now. I got two more out of that head of iceberg lettuce to eat, and that's. That's not splurging, but that's much more than I usually spend. For a spend party per of meal. one, that's a lot. Of, that twenty-five dollars can probably feed an army in the right way at the grocery store. For so, for you to splurge on that for yourself, I mean, that's that. But is, I am spreading yeah. it out by four. Yeah, you, you are. What kind of? Did you put cheese crumbles on your? Yeah, that's salad? part of the little. It's a. It came in a bag. It was at the Wally World. It was a Mediterranean salad topping. It's got blue cheese crumbles, slivered almonds. I think it's got sunflower seeds in it. it. It's pretty good. I love that someone said bluebell ice cream. It's high. So if you are going to get ice cream, you may pay that extra for that particular name brand. And then someone said the deer meat I put on the plate occasionally costs hundreds per ounce. I'm just glad that apparently a hunter made that uh, clear that, yeah, I mean, you know, you boys like or gals like to say, oh, I'm saving money. We got meat in the freezer. Yes. And it's delicious. And I am I'm all for it. But per pound, what went into harvesting that particular 
pound of meat is probably a wee bit more than what you would pay. I get the, you know, the positives to it outweigh, you know, the negatives. Go for it. I'm not knocking it. But it's not a free meat, I think, is the way I would say. It's not a cheaper meat to put in the in the in the freezer for sure well here's a headline for you for all the cheese lovers so this number one i don't know if i would ever put up for auction like for cheese for auction like that would be something i would bid on but a spanish cheese broke the world record thirty two thousand dollars for a 4.8 pound wheel of spanish cheese thirty two thousand dollars so it's a well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher it. It's a Spanish blue cheese. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> None of y'all know what it is anyway. And it was manufactured by, I guess, a family who's just well known in sort of this area. And it took top honors at the 51st annual cheese competition in. Um, oh, that's an easy one. It's Cabrales. Easy for you. <laughs> easy for you. So prior to that, it still had sold. It held the world record for $22,129 in uh, 2019. So I guess inflation has hit the bougie cheese market as well. You know, I mean, when you get into some of those protected European cheeses, because you got... You have cheeses that come from different parts of Europe where the the country itself passed laws saying it's illegal to make this cheese anywhere but there. And if you don't make it there, it ain't this. So all of a sudden, that cheese goes from, oh, I could buy that at the grocery store, to I have to bid on that at an auction. Is that kind of like true champagne? Kind of, yeah. Or like real bourbons from wherever or whatever, I guess, to add. But, I mean, it has to have something. Because, you know, cheese, fermentation, all the things. I get it. It's a thing. And if you have a taste for cheese, if you're a cheese snob, or if you've got, I guess you've got a restaurant where you can. How do you don't get your money back from that? I mean, how many, I don't know how many servings is 408 pounds of cheese. An ounce, well, an ounce is considered. Is 408 pounds? No, 400, 4.8. So four, I was about to say. What, 4.8 times 16? I don't know, math You're is making hard. really expensive plates of food because at a fancy restaurant. Because an ounce of cheese is considered a serving. Gasp. I know nobody actually eats just a simple ounce of cheese, so you're probably getting more than an ounce at a serving time. We'll have to do the math whenever I can get to my gut. I can't do it in my head. But that's how many t- servings would be in 4.8 pounds. So it's not, and then you divide that by thirty-two thousand. We'll just say somewhere between sixty and seventy-five servings. Right, and now divide that into thirty-two thousand. Math is hard. <laughs> Where's that Common Core when you need it with the whole little thing? Anyway, it's thankfully a, that wasn't around by the time I was. Learning. It's a lot per serving. Where are you? Where what are you doing with it? What friends do you choose to share that with? It goes fast. And then if you have enough wine, you're not even going to taste it anyway. Somebody so will correct me, but I think that's around 500 bucks a serving. That's absurd for for cheese. I can't imagine. $32,000 for a wheel of cheese. Who knew? All right, stick with us. If you enjoy pickleball, we got a professional coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget, you can watch on your computer, your mobile device. You can also watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube if you've got Ceasefire TV. We are on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. And you can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you were listening to good things yesterday, you heard Rhino and I talking about pickleball being the fastest growing sport in our state, in our country. But neither of us know anything about it. So I decided to call a pro. So joining us today is Neil Witherow. He is a, the rackets director at the club at the township, and he's a tennis and pickleball teaching pro. And your friends, Neil, call you a professional pickleballer. So I don't know if that is true, but you at least know more about the sport than I do. So welcome. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. All right. So when did you get first introduced to, to pickleball, or have you just sort of gotten into it with the explosion that has happened here recently? Yeah, so I was always a tennis player and uh, still am and, uh, and teach tennis, have taught tennis for a long time. And um, about five years ago, I uh, was introduced to pickleball and started teaching it, at, uh, teaching it when I was at the uh, Country Club of Jackson and um, just uh, kind of got to see that, uh, that pickleball and tennis are, uh, are, complement each other really well. And I uh, loved teaching, and, and uh, it was great that, uh, that so many people were starting to enjoy it because it's so, it's so easy to pick up. You know, any, you know anyone, really, any age um, can, can pick it up really easily, and so uh, it's great, yeah. Okay, so explain it to us. So some of us who, I, I feel like I hear it, I've got a lot of friends who have really, you know, been sucked into the world of pickleball, some that were past tennis players, some not, and they all say the same thing. But how does the game work? How is it different than tennis? But I, I can see why it's similar, but how is, how is it sort of set up? Yeah, so um, so I would say it's about halfway between table tennis and uh, and regular tennis. So it's on a um, it's on a tennis court type uh, type surface with a net. It's just basically a smaller uh, version of tennis, and some of the rules are are different. Like you have to uh, you have to serve underhand, and um, then there's this area closer up to the the net called the non volley zone, or sometimes we call it the kitchen. And um, you know you can't uh, can't step in the kitchen unless the ball bounces first in the uh, in the kitchen, and um, so there's just you know there's just a, a few different rules, but um, outside of that it's uh, it's pretty similar. The scoring is a little bit different, um, and um, you you know you play it with a with a uh, with a paddle and kind of a basically a wiffle ball type thing. Well, it feels like, Neil, that it exploded overnight, or maybe it just, I don't know, with, with their social media or just sort of people talking about it. As, as a teacher there in tennis, did you just sort of see it the same, or has it been gradual and we're just now hearing about it? Yeah, so uh, so in Mississippi, it was probably it probably took a little bit longer to uh, to catch on, and um, there were some you know there was some folks who kind of innovated it uh, or you know, implemented it in the um, 
in the Jackson area, and um, then I would say especially over the last uh, over the last couple of years, it's uh, it's really grown a lot. Um, our you know our community over here at the the club at the township is uh, is fantastic and and uh, has really grown. And um, you know we've started a kind of a citywide uh, league and have held some tournaments. And um, so, yeah, I would say that's pretty that's pretty accurate. I mean, I think nationally as well, it's really kind of gained momentum. But uh, but here in Mississippi, it's uh, it's grown a lot over the last uh, last couple of years, and it seems to be continuing. Is it just here in the metro area, Neil, or are other communities in Mississippi also springing up their leagues? Because I think that's where it really grows. Right, is when you have the ability to sort of test your skills up against all different levels, you know, around the around the state. It also sounds like it'd be a lot of Fun. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's definitely other uh, communities in Mississippi that uh, that are, are starting to grow, uh, grow more, and um, you know, people seem to love to, you know, to travel to go to uh, pickleball events or, or tournaments, and so you know, they go kind of out of town or out of state um, for it. So, yeah. I also have sort of seen where a lot of celebrities are buying into professional teams. I think like Drew Brees and you've got some others that Tom Brady and even Bobby Bones have have bought into this. Do you think, Neil, that this will grow into something even bigger over time in terms of of nationally? Is it being like a legit like league? Yeah, so uh so they say they refer to it uh uh to pickleball right now the environment as being kind of the wild west as far as uh you know the uh the celebrities and the um and the billionaires who are who are uh you know buying pickleball uh you know teams and leagues and and uh and everything and I, I think you know once it all kind of shakes out it's going to be pretty big um and um you know, right now, I mean, as far as the professional game goes uh, and, um, you know, prize money, uh, it's still fairly far behind uh, tennis, but um, who knows what it's going to do in the future. Could you ever see pickleball being played at Wimbledon? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, first of all, you couldn't play it on grass courts, which is what uh, what Wimbledon uh, is played on. So I, I guess another question would be, would it, you know, would it ever be played at the at the U.S. Open tennis, and I don't think so. I think it's got, you know, it's uh, it's got its own, you know, kind of separate, um, you know, schedule and uh, and all that. But uh, I, you know, I love the way that uh, that pickleball and tennis kind of go together. I, you know, I play, I play, you know, both and and kind of move back and forth between the two. And I feel like that they uh, that they help each other as far as my own personal game. Well, I think with a name like Pickleball, it feels less intimidating than, I guess, the long history and tradition that comes with tennis, which is one reason why I feel like it's grown in such popularity so quickly is people don't feel, you know, um, intimidated by trying something new because it doesn't have kind of all of that, you know, nostalgia or whatever around it. So if someone wants to get into Pickleball, Neil, like what's the best way to do that? You've got the whole state of Mississippi listening here on good things. I know in yeah. the metro where to go, but like, how do you how do you pick up a game or go out and try it? Can you do it by yourself, or does it have to be doubles? Yeah, so um, the, you can play singles, and um, but uh, but by far the, most people play uh, play doubles, and um, so there's you know there's there's various 
there's various facilities that offer offer uh, open play, and people are always very welcoming to uh, to bring people in and, and uh, do that. You can um, there, there are some facilities that offer lessons and clinics, and uh, we. You know, we offer all of the above at the um, at the at the club of the township over here, and um, it's you know I I I think pickleball is uh, in a similar stage to um, to where tennis was in the 1970s after the uh, the battle of the sexes between uh, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King, and you know everyone just wanted to play tennis, and it just um, you know it went from being more of a more of a country club sport to it being played in the public parks a lot more and um you know you could just show up you know back then and you know and just kind of wait your turn and play tennis and uh and pickleball is probably in a in a uh, in a similar position right now just as far as just how you know kind of um open and welcoming it is how much equipment do you need to get started um not much you just need a you know a, a paddle and a uh, and a couple of balls, and um, so you know some, and, you know obviously, you know athletic um, shoes and and uh, and clothes. That's and that's about all. And, you have to you be know, coordinated. Have <laughs> yeah, I mean you could, you know, some people put uh, put pickleball up in their pickleball lines up in their driveway, and just you know put a net up there. And so uh, yeah, it's, it's I mean it's fairly accessible, and you know because of that, I actually have a vision for. Um, for uh, for reaching reaching kids um, using pip, uh, pickleball, you know, particularly underserved kids, um, but you know, just kids in, uh, in in general as well, because it's uh, you know, it's just it, it's just very easy to pick up. Well, do you have to be coordinated? Uh, no, I mean, tell me the truth. Not not really. I mean, I could take just about <laughs> uh, just about anyone and and kind of just show them the rules, hit a couple of balls with them, and and uh, you know within a few minutes be uh, be playing an actual game. Well, it's definitely growing in popularity. I love that it's forming community all in our communities, and that you see young and wiser in years and different athletic abilities out there, and and having a lot of fun. I hope as the sport grows and kind of intensifies, it doesn't lose that at least yeah. at the grassroots effort, because I think right now that's what makes it so special. And then sometimes we ruin it all by making it more than it you know sort of should be. But if they are interested yeah. in what you're doing there at the township, Neil, how do we get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, they can just look up the club at the township over here. The pro shop uh, phone number is 601-856-0220. Um, and they can find us on uh, on social media as well and um, or uh, or come by over here in, uh, in Ridgeland. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Good luck on the court. And who knows, you may see Rhino and I out there one day. All right, that'd be great. We'd love to have you here. All right, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
with good things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. You can join Sports Talk Mississippi on Thursday. That is tomorrow. Live at College Corner's new location in Oxford on off of Sisk Avenue in the Oxford Commons. Get all of your game day gear for kickoff with great deals throughout the store. Your new home for your collegiate gear is College Corner. They do not sell Saints gear, by the way. Walked in, looked around and said, got any Saints gear? And he kind of looked to me like, College Corner. And I was like... You know what? I, it's worth a try. Like right over my head and right back out the right back out the door. And I was buying it for a friend's birthday, not for myself. But high school football is back and Super Talk Mississippi has you covered. You can catch a local game on just about every Super Talk Mississippi station. Don't forget you can stream all those games too. Get up to the minute scores from across the entire state just by going to supertalk.fm slash high school or if you've got your super talk mississippi app open click sports and you can check it out there you coming up friday too you've got the scoreboard preview show at six and then at 10 p.m you've got the farm bureau insurance company scoreboard show at 10 p.m on friday nights and that's anywhere you listen or watch uh, super talk mississippi right every now and then you read a headline that it's like is it Art imitating life or life imitating art. I'm not really sure which way it goes, but I guarantee you if I gave you five seconds to text in what movie you feel like this was either not in this necessarily seen in, but maybe it would have been or from you would get it in a heartbeat. 601-879-4395. Hi- a clan of hyenas all came together to save a clan mate from the jaws of a massive lion. That's not the the actual headline was hyenas rescue mate from lion. And mate meaning like one of their teammates, not a mate, but I don't know. It could have gotten <laughs> it could have been a little stickier than that. I don't know. I mean, anywho, I immediately thought of. We're going to see if someone can get it. But it shows the strong family bonds was captured on camera while on a safari. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't show that part, though, in The Lion King at all. Well, the hyenas were the bad guys in Lion King. I know, but it would still have been... Maybe I should have played Be Prepared. it It would have served them right to have but i don't know if they attacked the lion all it says i was trying to see if they said when they returned to a sighting of a kill made by lions the previous day and then there were no lions around but instead a clan of hyenas well taking care of what needed to be taken care of suddenly there was a change in the atmosphere as some of the hyenas stopped feeding and became very weary the group could sense that something was about to go down but no one knew oh they knew oh they absolutely knew they tell you if you don't see a lion but you feel a lion there's a lion there you know all the safaris i've been on and things <laughs> the tips and tricks they give you so apparently out came the lion and went after one hyena, and then the rest of the clan decided, not today, Satan, and rescued their buddy from the jaws of a lion. It sounds like a a true story of the Lion King, kind of like that book I was telling you about, the true story of the three little Mm -hmm. pigs, where it's just from from a different perspective. I wonder who was inspired to, like, the Lion King, the whole story. 
Like, well, somebody... that was actually Disney pulling a fast one because the Lion King, the 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 family friendly hit movie of the year that year, mm-hmm. was a complete ripoff of another movie that came out probably 10, 15 years earlier. Just like shot for shot, they stole the whole movie and then acted like, oh, we'd never seen the original. Did the original just not pick up steam? No, I mean, the, the original, if I'm not mistaken, was a Japanese animation. But it instead of featuring a golden family of lions, it was a white family of lions with white fur. But that's really the only difference. Was well, that in Disney's music? I was like, gonna say, was Kuna Matata in it too? No. Like, because <laughs> you can't get away with like, oh, I'd never. But you think of the Lion King. One of the things you think of is sitting there on Pride Rock with Mufasa and Simba, Mufasa. looking out over their domain. It's the exact same shot. And they just never seen it before. But that makes you wonder, though, and like giving the benefit of doubt to maybe the person who brought that idea to the boardroom that day, like with their picture boards and stuff. Maybe they had actually seen the original, recognized maybe nobody else did, brought in this great idea, like the storyboard of like the whole scene. And then the big bosses were like, yeah, man, this is great. Let's run with it. Way to go. You get a raise for all your creativity. And now that singular person's like, oh, gosh, I can't tell them that I, I, I stole this off the Internet. I couldn't remember the names, so I had to look it up. And, yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> the name of the thing they ripped off? Kimba the White Lion. Oh, and they named it Simba. They could have done a little better than that. Just the bad guy is darker colored than the good guy, so Scar versus Mufasa. The bad guy has a scar on his face. Are there any other movies that made it really big that were knockoffs of like stolen? I mean, not, in, stolen's in fairness, not the right word. Disney has a bit of a history of doing that, except they just, they just weren't stealing stories that were so recent. I mean, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is a story that's been around for centuries. They just animated it. Beauty and the Beast, that's a story that's been around centuries. They just animated it. So they kind of just took the folklore that just was and then because I guess until then you didn't have it wasn't a children's story, which really, if you go back and look at some of them, they're not. I mean, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, she gets abducted by a a lion and held against her will and then forced to love him. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole thing you could really like read big into that if you wanted to. But I mean, we all loved it, whatever. It's part of it. I mean, if you really start tearing apart movies, it gets really hairy because, I mean, one of the most popular movies of all time, Titanic, is literally... But that was stolen from the, original. It's the retelling. It's, the, it's a really old lady retelling a story, basically on her deathbed. And instead of talking about her long life with her kids and her husband and all the things she accomplished, she's talking about two days she spent with a homeless guy on the Titanic. What movie was that knocked off of? Well, that was just a bad story wrapped up in an actual event that they ripped from you know the headlines someone said it's a tale as old as time duh <laughs> maybe that's why they're not good anymore it's good because they've ran out of they've stories ran out of all of the you know stories that have been told as old as time i don't know the princess and the frog wasn't really based on anything i know of and it was still decent there has to be some other 
folklore about kissing a frog that turns into a prince. Yeah, but there's, there's not a a Cajun lightning bug <laughs> in any of those stories, I guarantee you. Is that not like or their a trumpet take playing on alligator. Jiminy Cricket? I, don't, I mean, it was a good movie. It was. That's another step. Pinocchio's been around much longer than Disney. This is true. And Disney just... You mean they've always believed that a little boy made out of wood grew a nose when he told a lie? Like, that's been going on forever? No wonder kids are still fim and nobody believes that. Why? They're more likely to believe that if you cross your eyes, it sticks. That works. You can really freak some kids out about that. But the lion in your nose is going to grow. It hadn't worked on neither one of mine just yet in that way. But now you make you think, it's just Hollywood fake? It's just none of it real? I mean, they've been on strike for how long? And have you noticed? <laughs> Aaron and Meridian says people say Harry Potter is a ripoff of Star Wars. I mean, people get inspired by Kinda. different things. Um Oh, I can't think of his name. The musician that just won a huge lawsuit against him. Um, he's the one. He's a he's British, I think, and he's he's got bad hair, and <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> but he was being sued for one of his stones being um, considered plagiarism or whatever, and he is on the record basically saying, "Look, there's like three chords, and then like every song comes from like three chords." At this point in you know, music history, something's been done before at some point in time. You only have, like, statistically speaking. If you Ed want a Sheeran. perfect example of that, yeah, Ed Sheeran does have bad hair. He does have bad hair. <laughs> the, the, the perfect example of there really are only so many chords in pop music. I can't remember if they are from Australia or New Zealand. Forgive me for not knowing the difference in the accents. But there's a, a comedic group out there that has an entire song called The Four Chord Song. Where they just go back to back to back to back with all these pop songs you know and love, and they're just playing the same exact chords. They get about halfway through it, all right, double time. They speed it up, it's the same chords, all these different songs. So how can it be plagiarism or whatever, copyright or whatever they call it, I don't know. I mean, but he won it, and he did nothing to fix his hair. Stick with us, we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a scat man. I'm a scat man. This makes me think of our guest yesterday, Baldwin, the producer of Far East, Deep South. It's the documentary that we're playing September the 10th, 10th at the Grammy Museum, Mississippi. He gave us a little beatbox sample here on Good Things Yesterday, which you can find in podcast form if you want to go back and listen. I cannot do that. that. I can't beatbox, but I can teach you how. Now, how's that possible? All you have to be able to do is say the word boots and, and cats. 
If you can say the phrase boots and cats. 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 And everybody Mississippi. Boots and cats. Boots and cats. Okay. Enough of that. Are you talking about movies, though, that were stolen from others? Apparently, there's a name for it. It's called a Mockbuster. And there are movies, I guess, throughout cinema that have been labeled mockbusters where they soared in popularity. But you could go back and say that their uh, plot was kind of picked from one that had already been done um, in that way. One being Alien. And they say no one claims that Alien was the first movie ever about evil aliens. But they do owe a lot to the 1958 B-movie It, The Terror from Space. I don't know the name of it. I mean, I haven't seen seen that one. And so all of Star Wars fans, they say that it wouldn't have existed without the 1958 samurai epic, The Hidden Fortress. So you're shaking your head. So yeah, George gonna, Lucas took a, hit me. a huge inspiration from both Westerns and samurai films. And then, let's see, George Lucas... There's another one I was trying to hunger. There's one that make you laugh. <laughs> the Hunger Games is a legitimate culture, obviously phenomenon, but it got a lot from it ripped off Battle Royale. Yes, which was a Japanese movie um, in that way. I feel like they should at least give them credit for the inspiration. Probably not. It's not how it works. On the ceasefire text line from the 662, White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen are the same movie. I've never seen either one of them. What's the plot? Uh, basically, somebody attacks the president or at or the White House or both at the same time, and a Secret Service agent has to save the day. Yeah, they're, they're the same movie. Well, have you tuned in to Hallmark? I mean, they they literally have a formula on a whiteboard somewhere. And it Big is. city girl returns home, meets guy wearing plaid with a dog. Yes, and then there's a change in the weather at some point, and <laughs> it ends with a kiss in snow. <laughs> it may start out in the summer, but it's going to end with a kiss in the snow at some point at the end, because it's usually a Christmas movie. But I swear they have, they have a checklist, and they go through every sort of movie. But pe- people, people like familiarity. They like knowing I'm going to watch... This, and it's going to have a moment of, oh, no, and then it's going to end with, oh, and then I'm going to go back to my life that exudes nothing that I wish it was because of that movie, and then come back and self-soothe with another false reality that they've created. I think it could be argued that there's a difference between a mockbuster, where they, they, they were inspired by another story, I think is the nicest way to put it, versus... Word gets out in Hollywood that one studio is making a movie about this, so another studio goes, hey, let's do one just like it. Like in the case of White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen, or if you rewind a little bit, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yes. They both came out the same summer, and they're both about a world-ending something headed towards the Earth. Agreed. You've got mail as a knockoff of Little Shop Around the Corner. Someone mentioned Jaws, but would have been before Jaws. I mean, not or are they that, saying Meg ripped off Jaws? Or Meg, I mean, well, you could do the whole Jurassic Park and then Jurassic World, but are they friendly? Do they come from the same studio? Because if that's the case, then it's just like kissing cousins, which is very awkward, but it's still in the family. I don't know. 
That that went weird, West. <laughs> I guess not acceptable. No, we're not going down that route. Um, someone said, uh, Darren and Jackson said, virtually no one in the world was named Wendy until after Peter Pan came out in 1904. What makes you wonder where the name Wendy came for the character if there was no... But yeah, you're probably right. There's probably a lot of characters that then spawned a lot of names that we we ha- we now have. And we had somebody from the 601 on the Ceasefire text line try to help me out with the name of the band. It they were saying it's the Flight of the Concords, which that is a a, a band from New Zealand. I know they're from New Zealand because they're very proud of being Kiwis. They were on HBO. They had a whole show. They have hilarious songs. The the group I was thinking of that did the four chord song is called the Axis of Awesome. So yeah, just look up Axis of Awesome four chord song and be amazed how many songs they fit into one with just four chords. There you go. All right, stick with us. You got plenty more coming up next with the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.